On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we are pleased to be joined by one of the greatest players in the history of lacrosse, Lyle Thompson. We also cover all Canadian box lacrosse in this episode. So Senior A, uh, Junior A, Junior B, Junior C, and some fun trivia at the end. Let's get into it. This is episode 94 of Back of the Bird. Run, baby, run. If you want a sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic, you're as hot as a gun. You want to play with fire, consider this. You'll chase the thrill if it's worth it. All right, we're back. Episode we 94? 94. T-Bell, right? What do you got? Who's your 94? T-Bell, right? Tyson Bell? Tyson Bell. Um, Unreal Flow, I should say. Ryan Former, Wagner? Uh, yep. Wagsy Beauty? Uh, Unreal Flow? Any? I don't know if there's any other ones. Oh, uh, I feel like Hossick? there's somebody else. Isn't uh, uh Yeah, Matt Hossick. Matt Hossick? Yeah, um, Hossick Beauty. That's two bucks so, for me for not putting him first, but yeah, that's tough. Forgot your captain's number. Yikes. Um, but uh, again, back to the bird here presented by Cottage Springs, our group at Springsies. Like I said, I hope everybody had the chance to use the punched up, uh, punched up Thanksgiving there and uh, drink in front of your family. But if not, holidays are coming up. You got American Thanksgiving. Um, just go ahead and celebrate that in Canada too. Anyways, have the drinks. Um, so good out there. Give them a chance. Just remember they're a little bit stronger. Okay, so you might want to just lower the count a little bit on those things, but drink responsibly as always. But uh, but please uh, please go out and support those guys because they support us and give us the opportunity to do this podcast with you guys. So we'll just jump right into it. We got Paulie's on dad duty tonight, um, so just uh, just the gruesome twosome, Donnie and I. But Donnie, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? Nothing, man. I'm 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 great. Um, we are using a new software, which uh, you know our viewers can see on, on YouTube. Uh, trying to level up a little bit. Um, I'm also using a nicer camera, which I'm not nearly good looking enough to do, uh, to do. So, um, and I got two screens going here. So when I'm looking this way, I'm looking at you and then okay. the camera. So just want to clear that up because it's going to look on the video. Like I was looking maybe away at Lyle a little bit. I was looking right at him. Uh, the well, whole time, spoiler so. alert, spoiler alert, Lyle Thompson yeah. heard of him. Yeah. Spoiler alert. One of the best across players in the world. Um, all great big beauty too so a really oh, really fun interview it is um, a it is a very very bad day to be a syracuse lacrosse fan let me just leave yeah the teaser. yeah let me leave the teaser at that it is a tough tough day to be a syracuse fan but uh but i think you'll get through it um again it's uh this is exciting times we're we're, we're inching up on the season man it's uh it's you know a couple we're a couple weeks out from our first weekend of camp um and and soon enough you're going to be having nll games every weekend so um we're excited for this stuff to kick back off see the fans buzzing around get back in the locker room see the boys it's like we get our identities back everybody comes to life a little more pep in your step walking around so and and routine we're creatures of habit so getting back in that travel routine on the weekends playing airing your gear washing your gear taping your gear on getting everything ready it's uh it's a special time so um yeah, most we'll importantly, kind of, most importantly, the the wives and girlfriends of the NLL yeah. are ready for the guys to get out of the house again. They want their weekends uh, yeah. back. It's uh, seven days a week is too much. Uh, yeah, five well, days a week is good. I, I I would imagine 
you know, seven, September, October is a Hall of Fame time to be a, a wife or a girlfriend of, of an NL player because the boys are just doing their sucking up right now. This right. is the time where they're they're doing the, you know, maybe get them a nice dinner, put, in the, get, put an extra time in on the couch watching a the movie. They're letting them pick the movie. The wife's getting to pick the movie because you know what? We're going to be gone for a lot of weekends. There's a lot of sacrifice there. So this is your uh, – this is your brownie points time in the fall here. You bring home a pumpkin spice latte and we take them for a weekend getaway. Um, whatever for you've got to do. For example, Paul's putting his kid to bed. Yes. Yeah. Paulie's 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 seeing his kid for the first time today this summer. Um, no, it's uh, and I I had to I had to pull the same move. I did a little finger lakes trip last week, so it's uh or a couple weeks ago when my car broke down too, but things are fine. Um but uh, maybe we just kind of jump into it. We got a lot of a lot of stuff to work through. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, you know the the senior A lacrosse that kind of went down this summer. Um, obviously, we we've got Lyle on. We talked to him about that. Um, we're going to work through junior A, junior B, junior C. You name it. We're covering your team. If we don't mention you, don't get mad at us, please. Um, we'll try our best to mention everybody that won something. Um, so, congrats to the Fergus Thistles for winning junior Z. <laughs> um, but, uh, maybe we just jump right into some pretty cool, um, pretty cool recent news of, uh, of lacrosse, you know, being proposed to, or being on the list to be proposed to put, uh, in the Olympics. So I think, uh, I think from my standpoint, a little bit of a honey dicking announcement here. Cause it was like, everyone was all juiced. Like, come on, let's go lacrosse yeah. is in the Olympics. All my buddies are sending me, I'm like, man, that word says proposed. Right. If there's one thing that lacrosse fans are, are good at, it's we gotta be uh, we gotta be tentative here. It's uh, you can't jump all the way in, but it is a big step um, to to I think get get lacrosse where it rightfully should be. So, um, what do you think about it? It's gotta be exciting for you too, as a young kid who's, who's coming up and playing for yeah. these teams and other things. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Um, my understanding is that this isn't the final step, but it's a it was a big hurdle. So it's you know somewhere in between. You know, I I agree with you, Dan. It's um, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. And, and, you know, I also had people, uh, you know, talking about it and stuff. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's not in the Olympics yet, but it's a big first step. And, um, it's just such a cool opportunity. And I think there's a lot of focus on how important this could be, uh, internationally with, you know, exposure to all these different markets, you know, to me, uh, selfishly, the biggest opportunity is domestic to have, you know, Canadian lacrosse numbers are not doing that well. That's a, you know, a fact, um, uh, people might not, love me saying that on the podcast, but most people listening to this podcast know that it's true. Uh, I, I think having in the Olympics would do wonders for uh, participation at the grassroots levels in Canada. And, and you know, Lyle talked about uh, community a lot in, in the interview, and I think Canadian lacrosse in general is our community. And, um, you know, I think it'll have a huge positive impact on participation in Canada, and that I think is a, a huge, huge, huge um, reason to – to be pumped about it yeah no doubt i think it's twofold right you look at there's two steps to it um you talked about it numbers are down and um there's just a lot of sports to choose from um and there's a lot of maybe parents that you know don't want their kids in the physical side of things or or you know we're in a, we're in a place now in the world man where inflation is causing everything to be expensive and it's hard to keep your kids in sports and, and do all these things um but i think the second part of of this big step is just the fact that lacrosse can get in front of eyeballs. It never would have before. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's Canada's 
you know, in our mind, whatever, 35 million people or whatever live in Canada, like there's that many people in California. And if you can put the Olympics, um, you know, put our sport on the, on the biggest pedestal, uh, you know, arguably in athletics and, and get it out to that many people in the U S or, you know, internationally everywhere, there's going to be people that are going to start picking up sticks and be like, what is this? You know, I can go represent my country and do this. Like there's, there's an opportunity out there. Um, and I can wear that flag with pride. I think it's really cool. So, um, Again, shout out to the the countless hours that people have been putting in. I don't know who it is. I don't know how that works behind the scenes. We're not the guys to ask on that. We're not the fact checkers. We have those for us. But um, it's it's awesome, man. There's just so many good things happening in this game. There's so many good people involved in it and taking the right steps. So we're pumped to be involved in it. Um, I guess, you know, outside of that, uh, we'll kind of step into, into our kind of Canada lacrosse themed podcast here. So, um Six Nations, man, what a team! Um, yeah, just a wagon. I mean, they, they took it to to New West pretty good. Lyle gives actually a really interesting uh, and thoughtful, I thought, uh, description of it. You know, Six Nations. I, I think New West won. Um, how many games did they win? In I don't know. Series? I should. Yeah. Didn't they get swept? Yeah, maybe they got swept and like I just think they got just, swept, but they were close. Just go look at that new West team though, and how fucking good they are. Like th- those are two um, legit NHL or NLL All Star teams with guys studs all over the place. Like you know, I know you know Will Malcolm from Panther City was playing with Mitch Jones. Um, I mean, go look at the scoring last year. Those guys were both top ten, top fifteen guys. So, and the other cool thing, Lyle talked about community, like I already said. Um, and I know just knowing Will and, and Tony Malcolm and hearing them kind of talk about it, a lot of those New West guys were from New West, um, and they thought was kind of like let's get everybody back and take a run at it. So pretty cool for them to to you know have that experience. And uh, Langley had obviously won the year before, so uh, I don't know if you call it an upset because they're both really good, but you know a big win for New West and and it seemed like they're packing the barn pretty good there for not just the Man Cup but the whole whole uh, you know the whole run out there and then. You know, Six Nations is just an unbelievable team. Um, you know, if you didn't follow it this summer, go look at the roster. It's just uh, just stacked, and and congrats to them on on a great summer and a Man Cup uh, victory. Yep, said it said it well. Um, I was just trying to double check. That's hilarious. Like this, we are who we are. Like it's a classic Bears. We tried we to do better we, too. We are who we thought we were. Yeah. Um, uh, on that know. note, uh, Danny, I forgot to put in the show notes. Uh, we should shout out uh, Ladner Pioneers for the Prezi. Yes, I forgot to write that sure. one in there. Yep. Yep. Crash yep. them. Phil Caputo, uh, Panther City guy, big old yep. beauty, and uh, shout out back Shanksy to back. for one of the shout out Shanksy for one of the better off ball slashes <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, all time cliff. Um, but uh, and I mean that one, and then I mean we talked about it when we were together the other night. Teeter's all all time off ball slash too was was one. Oh of yeah, the yeah. Um, we should maybe make that an award. Yeah, yeah. This week's this week's uh, the O guy off ball, the offensive player off ball slash of the year. Yeah, maybe we yeah it might be a weekly award. I think there's probably enough of them. Um, but speaking of, our Burlington Blaze took down the Minto Cup as well. So that's Ontario. Ontario wins the summer this summer. So it's uh, that's an exciting time to be from this neck of the woods. Um, it, it was. A wild, wild summer. Um, obviously, we 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 did the we talked to Danny Mac and Gil, but we didn't get into kind of like too much of our perspective on it. But um, 
you know, playing an undefeated team in the second round was and winning was so crazy and doing it, winning those games at home and seeing what it did. And Lyle touched on it, man. There is legitimately no, like, it's hard to explain that, like, the palpable energy that comes from your community getting behind a team and and playing for that logo on the front and, and you know, going, going to a bar after as a 19-year-old kid and junior and, like, all your buddies being there and they were just at your game and um, you're still sweating from, from that fucking ridiculously hot arena and you see everybody, you see your family your parents that maybe play here, your brothers, your sisters that grew up watching people play there too. Like there's, there's really nothing like it. And I think going to those games for me, like that kind of like, it made me really, it really pulled out my feelings, my love for lacrosse again, where you're seeing these six, seven, eight, 13, 12 year old kids pounding on the glass. Their shirts are off. They're, they're flailing them over their head. There's, there's, in the Mimico series, there's a guy dressed up in a bear suit, like in 98 degree <laughs> weather, trying to fucking breathe and, and cheer. And there's guys hanging over glass. One of my buddies, his cousin is playing on the team. He's hanging over the glass, yelling at the ref. Like it's, it's, a, it's a passion that I forget. I, I, I don't know whose slogan it was, or I guess it was the least, the passion that unites us all. Like that for me, that's like, that actually like stood true. And I watched it happen. Like it's, it's such a fun thing to see. Um, and like I said, it, it ignites like the love for the game back. Cause you go there and you, you see all the guys that, that you played with going back and watching games that played, maybe missed you by a, a full kind of decade or five years or whatever. And they're there and you're shaking hands and they're all just shaking your head saying, wow, this is crazy. It's so cool. This has happened. And then you're having beers in the parking lot, watching the game, talking about how these 19 year old kids should be shooting the ball different or whatever. Like yeah, it's yeah. all. And, and just like, even talk to these guys that played in junior and they're done now. And they're like, man, that makes me want to play again. And it's like, well, I think we're 35. It might be time, but um, it's, uh, it's cool, man. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the, the best things going. And, and part of that um, being able to watch those games when you weren't there, um, it's such an advantage for this game um, moving forward is the fact that everything is streamed. Like, you know, sure. There's you got to pay for some, the games and stuff when they're out west. There wasn't there wasn't a sponsor for that, and I don't I don't have time to listen to everybody complain about the cost of those things. Like, it just is what it is. Like, unless you get somebody that's just going to hover over and blast the whole thing with cash, it's not going to happen. But um, it was so cool to be able to watch all those games and whether you could make it or not. And um, we have, I think I talked about it. we had a cool setup here at my place bunch of guys that used to play came over i had the tv outside we're all sitting there yelling and screaming and my neighbor texts me she's like can you please cal- like calm down like it's 11 o'clock and you're screaming at a bunch <laughs> of 18 year olds playing uh playing lacrosse so it, it was just so much fun um and and again it's i think it's a passion that can get passed on when, when people see how contagious it is so a lot of fun um a lot of fun watching those guys uh Weird. yeah you pretty you pretty much said it there um you know, congrats to Burlington uh, for those, you know, we, we didn't do as much of a recap because uh, we just talked to Gilly and um, and Dan. But for those who don't know, like Orangeville is undefeated and then Burlington comes in and beats them. So really, you know, unbelievable accomplishment. They're, they're the, um, you know, low seed and stuff, too. So just just a really impressive um, run. And, and just quickly on the streaming thing, like I think it's important that we my two cents is like, we just can't get so spoiled all of a sudden that now we demand free streams. It's like, we should, it's a good thing that we have the games on. And anyways, like, you know, and would it be better if it's free? Is that probably a better model? Like 
yeah, long-term it is. But as people pointed out, there's a lot of costs and stuff that go onto that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good people in Canada working on trying to get stuff streamed and almost all of them are working as volunteers and stuff. So, you know, I just, I don't love the criticism of people who are, you know, throwing events, you know, just because they're in community volunteers and stuff like that. And, and they're doing the best they can and, and they put on a stream. That's it. That's, yeah. you know, every other year, aside from last year, the mental cup streams are always uh, paid events. Uh, they're, they're, you know, paid streams. So, you know, we don't yeah. want to get too far into that debate, but that's just my two cents is like everyone's doing the best they can and, and trying hard and almost all of the people are volunteers. So, you know, yeah. I don't have a lot of time for these criticisms, but yeah. that's uh, easy, easy to throw stones from, from your couch when you're not volunteering and given time totally. to do anything. So totally. um, next time let's just hop off Twitter, maybe go in and help out an organization. Put some time <laughs> in. Um, right. But uh, man, I think the other, no, no, this was no small feat. The fact that the oven central arena was bullied into getting Wi-Fi for a game. I don't even know how they put it in that place. Was there a guy, there might've been a guy just standing up in the crowd with like two pieces of tinfoil on his arms, just like trying to get a signal in there. And they went to like the, they went to like the nearest house and they got like a series of those Wi-Fi boosters that they just had people like standing in the parking lot, just like string it from the house to the arena. Every every me- every member of the Burlington Minor Lacrosse Board had their phone on a hotspot and like, right, right. getting everybody out there. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to them for get- making that happen. Um, yeah. But again, really cool stuff. Congrats to all those guys involved. Um, that's something that uh, again, it doesn't matter how many points you got. It doesn't matter you know who the who the goalie was, who the MVP was, any of that things. Like they can never take away the fact that you, you won a Minto Cup um, and you did it for for your city and, and that, that, you know, that team's, the team's name will, will be on that thing forever. So it's uh, a, a really cool, uh, a really cool thing, but um, we want to give a shout out to, to uh, the Edmonton miners taking down Aquasasne, um to win the junior B title. Is that right? I believe that was the Edmonton warriors. Uh, I might've written okay. it down wrong. Okay. Yeah. Edmonton right. warriors. Uh, no, we're going to get harassed. We, so we I believe they're we... yes. Yeah, so Edmonton warriors. The first, uh, they're I think the the sixth team since 1971 to win the founders who that are not from Ontario. So Ontario wins pretty much every year. Uh, interestingly, it's uh, either Alberta or Ontario that have won every year since 71, which uh, you know I think has to do with the intermediate uh, program in in BC and and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, a huge accomplishment for them. Uh, I know that the Miners Junior A team was was you know hoping that this would be the year in the Minto. I think it just goes to show how hard that the Minto is to win um, every year, especially the Ontario team. Someone is going to be really really stacked. Um, so to, to to hang tight in the Minto and then to uh, to win the the Junior B, uh, the Founders, excuse me, uh, just a really uh, outstanding accomplishment. And it's nice yeah. to you know to see the Alberta teams win, whether it's uh, you know Minor Nationals or Founders or or junior A or whatnot. It's uh, it's just cool to see. Uh, makes it feel like a more national event. Okay, so let's go to our junior C beauties. The Kodiaks Riv Nord. Yeah. So uh, this one I got past. This years, one got past me. Two years of university French, eh? Just in case. Oh you're my god! Worst years. Worst class of my life, by the way. Yeah. If you're if you're a, a incoming college freshman, don't take the languages. No, we're did bad. you guys did we're you bad. have to? 
I did in my college, like in my part of uh, Cornell, I did. Um, yeah. It was horrible, man. It was not fun. So yeah, it was um, the same thing. We had to take two years of language, and I took French. I was like, oh, it'll be easy. I took him in high. I took him in high school. Yeah, I am. I like then I'm. I'm I was so lost, so lost. Yeah. And some of the videos, I have some all-time videos of like class projects. You have to record yourself speaking. Holy fuck. It looks like you cut my tongue <laughs> I'm trying to do it. Yeah, so like, this is a college assignment? Are you shitting me? Or, hey, well, High Point University, baby, the Harvard. <laughs> um, but yeah, me, my, me and Mike Messenger, I have to record him speaking French too. I still have that video. Maybe one day I'll, I'll send that out. Send that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, but... Uh, but yeah, go on about our junior C boys. So I believe, um, you know, we will certainly get checked if it's not true. But from the research I did today, they're the first uh, Quebec team to win the Ontario Junior C League. So really cool accomplishment for them. And um, we took a fair amount of heat last year for not uh, bringing up the junior C's on the podcast. So uh, happy to do so, and, and happy that in the you know in doing the research, uh, uncovered a pretty cool story there that uh, that. The team from Quebec won won the the first title for a, a non Ontario team. So, um, if I'm missing anything, if we are missing anything, uh, and you're listening to this and you want to fill in some some info gaps, please uh, please let us know. But congrats to those beauties. And just don't get mad at us. We're here to help. But yeah, we're volunteers too. Yeah, we're volunteers. I don't I don't know who won Junior E this year, but just let me know. <laughs> we'll put it out there. Um, yeah, I should just go. You know, you know that old Ontario not old because they still do it, but. There's that Ontario Lacrosse Association magazine that would come out, and it had every champion. Like it had like uh, Tyke A B C. Oh yeah. We should just re- I like I should just spend like 20 minutes on the podcast one day just reading it word for word. That would be awesome. That would be a <laughs> that would be a fun podcast for people to listen to. People uh, would tune in just to see hear their teams, their sons, uh, their eight year old sons, um, you know, team. Yeah, I did I. Have we ever talked about? You remember? You, I mean, rest in peace, Whomper for the, from the Lax Bible. Mm-hmm. Or when, did I ever talk? Did I read his message on here once? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I this is I I got to reach out to my buddy Crepensec because Whomper had on like this old forum, like asking like what the record was for like how many goals in in Senior A or something. This post it makes me cry laughing every single time I, I see like I come across it or it comes up or whatever. So I'm gonna have to get that. I'll get it for next episode. This is a teaser. Yeah, stay um, tuned. But, but reading, man, it is so, it's it's all over the place. Like, there's no way to even summarize how completely insane it is. Um, but uh, I mean, speaking of kind of crazy, crazy things here, the rebrand of the yeah. Saskatchewan Rush. So I listen. Horns up, dude. I'm kind of on board with this thing. I love the look of it. I saw – I got an idea. I look at it when uh, when Keenan re-signed um, and then like it kind of took me to the page because I saw like those other third jerseys they had. Um, it's really cool. And then, yeah, and then I looked through everything. I think they did a great job. I mean no matter what you do, you're going to have haters on things. But um, I think it's great for them. I mean last year you had a, a bit of a struggle year for them. Um, you know, Mark's gone now and – you know, Keenan kind of announced things are going to be changing, and and I think it's I think it's good timing for them to have like a little bit of a reset. And I mean, the most important part of all this, our favorite mascot in professional sports history, he has to be named Horny. They they don't put that out. You would think if they're not prepared to actually make it horny, right? Like it yeah. has to. And they their their Twitter account uh, has done a really funny job of promoting it. Um, 
So we we jumped in. We we stole our uh, our likes uh, on Twitter. Yeah. There we jumped into the fray. But uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Saskatchewan Rush did a rebrand uh, of their team. So a new logo. They're still called the Rush, but a new logo. Uh, sort of a new color scheme. They're they're fully in on the on the neon now, and uh, they got this kind of bison logo that's really cool. And they started a ma- uh, mascot. Uh, name they have started a competition, excuse me, to, to name the mascot, and one of the options is Horny. So uh, we voted for Horny, and I think most other folks did as well. I, I love it. I uh, yeah, I think that is so funny because if you see that thing fucking walking around the arena, like I, his move better be the dry hump. It better be <laughs> the dry hump when they score because I mean that is just it's it's such a tap in there. But um, that's funny. Another big shout out to um, Friday. We went up to uh, went up to Uxbridge, Ontario, most beautiful place on earth, uh, for Riley O'Connor um, and his beautiful fiance Adrian's um, engagement party. So that was cool to see a couple of the Tidemen, few a few NLL beauties there, um, which was which was awesome. Turned into a nice little night. So um, it was good, good, good fun. But. Uh, uh, other news, I guess. I guess that's the good. that's the ultimate uh, October November bump for the the girlfriend. There is the ultimate brownie points on the engagement party. Yep, get, get the engagement. Everybody knows you get married in the summer. Once NLL is done, you can't do spring weddings right. and engagements. And engagements are for the fall, so right. it's uh, it's it's all planned well, and it's uh, it was good to see them and um, see the family and everything like that. But uh, other news too around the league, we got Burnsy. Liam Burns traded uh, traded back to Georgia. Yeah, so he he uh, just to fill in some gaps there. I played with him in Panther City. Burns is a beauty. Uh, he lives in Atlanta, so uh, I think you know the trade back to Georgia is pretty natural for him. Um, you know, just a uh, uh, you know a good fit, and he's a workhorse man. He uh, so he works a regular job. He works a construction management job, and he also coaches a high school team, and he plays NLL PLL. So he's uh, you know, he kind of goes a mile a minute, but I, I love playing with him and, and congrats to him on, on, you know, certainly an easier schedule now. And also just got engaged, uh, speaking of the bump. So uh, congrats that. to him. Yeah. Got, got back, got back in his home market and got engaged, uh, all I believe in the same week. So yeah, good week wow. for Bernsey. That's not a bad, not a bad time to be Bernsey. Those little, mm-hmm. those shirts, those shirts that his dogs was wearing all time. Yeah, they're cute. Uh, yeah. But, oh, speaking of shirts. Check this thing out. We got the YouTube. Wow. Wow. Back of the bird hoodies. Go check them out on uh, Bar Down or just let me know. I got a bunch. Um, we got a done. I'm surprised. I can't believe I didn't remember to give you yours. But, um, My camera's having a. Huh. You're, you're having some zoom in. There we oh! go. Oh! You can't go too far away. That's why. I know. Um, it's because it's cause your shirt's the same color as the background. It thinks you're part yeah, of the true. wall. It's like, it thinks it's a green screen. Yeah, yeah, we got a floating head over here, but um, but yeah, go check out the merch too. Um, and if you know anyone that wants wants a goddamn ad read on this thing, you let us know. We'll put it out there. Um, local business, national business, international business. You you come talk to us. Your lacrosse brand. You want in here? Come on. Um, shout out Snoof. What's shout out Snoof. Best yeah, in the biz. Lax. Uh, Lax lacrosse experts, I believe. Lacrosse experts out west, give him a try. Uh, he strung me up two sticks, and holy smokes, I'm going to be just a just a weapon out there with these things sla- sl- slinging it. 
Um, I'm going to steal a line from Andrew Suter. If I could play, if I could play with no gloves, I'd probably be an all-star because when you shoot around with no gloves on, it is, you feel like the best player in the world. It's, uh, it's like nothing else. So, um, do we want to send it over to Lyle? Speaking of best player in the world, send it over to Lyle. Okay. This, uh, this interview is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we're a full service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you and working together. It means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, Lyle Thompson. Pleased to be joined by one of the greatest players in our sport. He grew up in the Onondaga Lakers before taking his talents to the University of Albany, where he twice won the Tuarton Trophy, the first of which, of which he co-won with his brother Miles. He was selected with the first over, overall selection of the 2015 NLL Draft by the Georgia Swarm, where he led the Swarm to the 2017 NLL title while taking home the championship game MVP and league MVP that same season. He's also enjoyed a very successful outdoor career, most recently with producer Donnie on the Cannons, and has made the decision last summer to stay home and play box with the Six Nations Chiefs, where he was named the MVP of the MSL season and led the team to a man cup. Welcome to Back of the Burn, Lyle Thompson. What's going on, brother? How's it going? Thanks for the thanks for the big intro. I, I um I always like listening to your intros, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you like you like hearing yeah, me stumble for Well, your yours is yours is good, Lyle, because you got a fairly well built out uh, Wikipedia page, which helps. Uh, it's not always the case. <laughs> nice and easy laid out for you there. Pretty much, although it's risky business trusting Wikipedia sometimes. So I don't know. Hopefully, we got everything right in there. Alrighty. <clears throat> Good stuff, man. Well, so we'll just kind of jump into it. what's going on right now. How are things? Things are good. Enjoying the the mini off season we have here from the end of September to heading into training camp. So, month and a half off. Um, you know, doing the same thing, staying busy. Month of November is usually pretty busy for me, but um, with training camp starting up and just a lot of little gigs I got going on, but. Got my kids. They keep me busy as it is, and um, yeah, training, getting ready for a season. Yeah, it's funny to say that, man. I was talking about this with someone the other day because, uh, like, I noticed it with guys this summer. It's it's enough NLL to to summer lacrosse is enough, and then for you guys that played in the World Games too, it's just an, it was an extra. You know, I had three weeks off there where I could kind of heal up a little bit and and get away from it. Um, so it's kind of just kind of an extra, you know, three week grind uh, for you guys in there. So. Uh, I gotta imagine you're pretty pretty tired after a, what was a really long season for you. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like pretty much mentally I'm I'm good. Like I look forward to World Games. I look forward to, you know, all my games. But it's it's your body that it catches up to, especially playing in the World Games. I've been doing it since, you know, my sophomore year or my junior year of college when we went to Denver. So it's been like nine years. <laughs> yeah. Just been been on the hamster wheel for a while. Yeah, I'm just it's used crazy. to it by now. It's That's crazy. Funny. Uh, it's funny how like how you say that, right? And, and verbalizing the amount of time, like it feels like, and I'm sure a lot of people will relate to this. Like it feels like we were just watching you play college lacrosse, and now you blink, and and it's been it's been this long of playing pro lacrosse too. Like that's got to be kind of a crazy feeling. Yeah, it's uh, whenever you have to say it out loud, it's a it's a big reminder that. You're getting old. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy that I've been in the league since 2016, going on 
I mean, COVID, COVID makes it feel a lot shorter because we had to, you know, yeah, year time and off. half off. Right. Yeah. So a little bit weird there, but, you know, going in on my eighth season this year, I think it's eight, might be seven. Yeah, I think you're a 2015 draft, so uh, I think that's right. 2016 draft. 2016. Well, it's you you versus Wikipedia. I I trust you more here, so (laughs) you tell me. I think think you guys were 15. Because I think I was was, was like that 16 play 17, so you would have been 15 play 16, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I mean, well, let's just get into it. Obviously, you know, it's no secret what you've done in, in your playing career. And, and, you know, everyone's been, again, something to marvel at. Everyone's been watching that. But why don't we kind of just start from the beginning? How did you uh, how did you pick up a stick and, and fall in love with, with the game? I mean, my earliest memories, um, you know, come from pictures. You know, I was just a baby when I was – grabbing a stick, fiddling around with it. So that's sort of the case when you come from where we come from, you know, either from Six Nations, Akudasne, Onondaga. Growing up in, in Onondaga, it's just sort of how it goes. Um, everybody tries the game of lacrosse. Whether you stick with it or not, um, pretty much everybody tries to play. You know, once you're like six years old, get thrown into paperweights and kind of go from there. So... Um, you know, having my three older brothers helped, they were already, you know, bouncing a ball around. I seen it a lot. My father played, um, my grandparents played. So surrounded by the game with my family and with my community. So from there, it's pretty easy to sort of just gravitate towards the game. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, you know, we talk about this with all of our guests, like, how'd you pick up a stick? And it's funny because like, you know, your story of growing up with your brothers and, and playing in the backyard is, has, like, it's so widely known now. A lot of our viewers probably already kind of have known that story. What's that been kind of like, sharing your story? Obviously, I'm sure it's been cool, but has there been some times where it's, you know, almost like a lack of privacy? Like, you're, you know, you're, you're, I've seen you in lots of videos, like, in your backyard and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, what's that kind of been like, telling that story of, of growing up with your brothers to, like, the lacrosse world? Yeah, I mean, when you tell a story enough times, it sort of feels like um, you can't assume that somebody just knows everything about you. Right. Even though, you know, whatever's on the internet, whatever's on Instagram, it kind of makes you feel like people know who you are. But um, I always just try to break it right down from, from the start for myself. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, I grew up playing lacrosse, but in terms of, like, this audience, um, the people that are listening to this podcast – um, I didn't, you know, we, I guess I didn't grow up playing, you know, like high level box lacrosse. Um, you know, I played within Onondaga, played a little bit in OLA once I got older. Um, but skipped a, a lot of major years where you, you develop a lot of that skill for box, the pick and roll game. Um, I guess I would say that, that part of the most where you look at that Toronto region um, they have that highly developed and starting to develop more, you know, up in Ottawa, Nepean, Akwazasne, but, um, you know, they're still a little bit behind in terms of development at that age. So, um, that was sort of where I grew up in Syracuse. It was more field lacrosse. 
So I, I picked up the skill of field, the athleticism, but I never considered myself like a skilled box player that could play a really good two-man game, pick and rolls, catch in the middle. Um, you know, I got away with my athleticism for a really long time. Um, so my first year in the league, you know, learning from all the pros and, and my teammates was huge. Yeah, just uh, Aaron, Aaron did Lyle Thompson say out loud, he doesn't would consider himself <laughs> yeah. a much of a skill guy. So, uh, <laughs> um, man, I, I gotta ask too because, like, just picturing it, I mean, obviously, you said your brother's playing, and um, you know, I'm sure there's buddies coming over playing. Is there any memory you have of just like a specific backyard game or something that was uh, like any kind of story from, from those days? Yeah, I mean, I guess the biggest one was uh. We have a pond right beside our backyard there. Balls would go in there. My dad built a fence and everything around it, so balls would go in. But it was always me and Jeremy versus Miles and and Heine. And um, pretty even even games growing up. You know, we both went on our runs, but games would always get physical. Me and Miles never really fought, but Jeremy would pick on Miles and Heine would stick up for Miles. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and I forget what happened, but they would never actually like drop the gloves and fight or anything like that. But um, it, uh, I, I remember it escalating where they, they hit each other pretty good, and and then Jeremy was running from Heine, and he just <laughs> ran right through the pond, running around the house. They both <laughs> ran, jumped into the pond. Um, but it was uh, it was usually pretty. You know, pretty chill. Nobody got too physical. But them two were always the two to battle it out. Me and Miles just stayed in our lanes. I love that. So where uh, where did you go to high school? I went um, two years at Lafayette, which is central New York, and then two years up on up at Salmon River in Akuzasne. Okay. And, and Miles, Miles went to Salisbury at some point, right? So how many of those years did you do with uh, with Miles? No, me and Miles stuck together all through high school. Ty went okay. to Salisbury. Oh, Ty went. To, okay, my bad. Um, yeah, yeah. And then how did uh, how did Albany kind of come? You know, how did Coach Mar come into the picture, and what was kind of your recruitment like? Yeah, I mean, Coach Mar seen us at the Turkey Shoot, which you know, there's usually a solid amount of Classic. Canadian teams in that. Um, yeah, it was a fun tournament, playing like ten games in a weekend. So um, good. But yeah, he seen me when I was young, probably eight or eight or ninth grade, because I always played played up, and um, and then he started to recruit Miles, and I was sort of me and Miles were a package deal, um, but we we committed sort of nobody really nobody does it this way, but we committed without seeing campus. We didn't want to go on an official visit, you know. I was getting recruited by. Um, Pretty much everybody, but I didn't. Me and Miles were a package deal, and Miles was wasn't getting recruited by many schools. So um, we knew we wanted to stay close to home. Syracuse um, didn't really recruit us that much, and didn't really recruit Miles at all. So that I think that was ideally where we wanted to go. Because oh no! Like, that's gonna kill. That's <laughs> gonna kill a few fans. That's gonna kill them. <laughs> that, that that might finally take back the birds of the moon. That, that yeah, yeah. right there. 
they were there. I was gonna ask, like Jeremy's accused uh, accused legend. Like yeah. you know, you guys are in the you know, you grew up essentially in the town. Um oh, yeah, that's, no. that's yeah. wheels up right now. And, and Brett Bucktooth, Brett Bucktooth was like who we looked up to as kids. Okay. He was like um our idol growing up, and his father helped my parents through the whole you know, NCAA clearinghouse process, SATs, because it was my parents' first gig at it. Like, they didn't know, you know, my father graduated high school. My mother dropped out in eighth grade. Um, they, they knew nothing about, like, the process of getting us to college. And it was a, you know, learning process with Jeremy and Heine, sort of why they ended up at OCC. Heine didn't make it to Syracuse. Jeremy did. But, um, you know, Brett kind of paved the way for a lot of people for us um and that's who we looked up to so like he went to Syracuse um so it was there from when we were kids we used to go to the dome for all those games growing up um but yeah coach Mar recruited us at the turkey shoot and um yeah I think we just built a bond with with coach Mar you know he's a beauty we knew that from the start we got along with him my father got along with him um and then from there, it was kind of like closest to home. We liked their style of play and we liked his his plan for us, which was like, we just want to play. At the end of the day, um, at that age, I don't think we were ever thinking about like, go to college, win an NCAA championship. It was just like, where can we go, step on the field and have fun playing lacrosse? Yeah. Um, and that was our, our mindset. That's a really, yeah, that's a, that's a really healthy mindset, honestly, for young kids. Like a lot of guys have their heads in the wrong places, but um, yeah, you can go, Dan. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just going to say like, so you guys, you know, step on a campus, obviously what's like your, what's your first practice like, or like first kind of week of getting together with the guys? Like, do you remember this vividly, like stepping onto the field and then you two just kind of showing your stuff and people being like, what is going on out here? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember like the first practice or anything, but I feel like I, uh, I remember the jump it, from high school to college, how big of a jump that was. And just like my father always used to tell me I had to stop trying to split the double because <laughs> in high school I would just beat my guy. The double would come and I'd split that dude. And, um, and he, he'd always remind me like, that's not going to work in college. And I remember, I don't know if it was my first dodge or it was, it was probably my first practice, but I remember trying to split the double and just getting clocked. And, um, it was a fresh reminder that like right away, I just thought of my dad and every time he told me that, um, but I adjusted, I was a midi my freshman year. So, um, felt like I had a lot to learn. Same thing when I jumped into NLL and in the MLL, um, you know, it's a big jump. It takes a lot of, it takes a growth mindset for sure. Kind of got to keep your, keep your ears open and be willing to learn. I was going to ask <clears throat> two questions, just a, a follow up to that. Um, you know, now that you've come so far uh, and played at every level, is your dad pretty hard on you? Like when he, is he watching games and saying, Hey, you missed this guy or you should have shot like, or is he kind of like, does he still give you pretty good feedback or, or maybe a little, a little easier now that you've, you know, accomplished so many things? A little bit easier, but he's, he's always, um, he's always got a little bit of some constructive criticism. Okay. He, yeah. uh, 
I feel like that's every dad though. He oh, yeah. doesn't matter how good I play. I could, I could have, you know, my highest game shooting percentage and, you know, just do a lot of good things and he'll let me know where I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still, he's still like that. You know, he'll throw me a text at halftime. Um, telling me where to shoot on the goalie or tell me things I need to stop doing. That's awesome. um, but I, I, I love it. You know, I, yeah. I have like three people that I, I want to give me like con- some constructive criticism at halftime, just cause like in a game, you, you know, you can't really process all that, all that. Um, <laughs> and it's nice to hear from someone who's watching on TV. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. for me. It would just be too much information. Like I would, I think if someone that's head, that's that, head case Donnie one oh one. Yeah, if I if someone was feeding it's usually me, the same thing though, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, can I, I then, might I might need to I might need to sign up for this text chain. Would they mind maybe giving, <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. giving me some reviews? I think they're working. So, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Dan, can you get a little faster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be more athletic, more skilled, and try to do more on the floor. Okay, no really problem. Moving. You're not really moving like Lyle. <laughs> the, other, yeah. the other thing no, I was going to ask. It's about. usually just some like uh, some shooting points. Okay. Some uh, maybe I'm carrying the ball a little bit too much. <laughs> Pretty repetitive stuff, but it's nice yeah. to have a reminder. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, maybe we'll kind of just jump through just the different guys, and because there was obviously there was a few eras to even your time when you're playing at Albany, right? You've got, you kind of talked about your first year, you're playing midi your first year. Um, and then, and then you're playing with miles and it's like the time with fieldsy and throughout that year with blaze. So maybe we'll start with, with, uh, with your time with, with miles. Um, and what was it like? Like, where does that, what was that chemistry like? Did it just feel like you're playing in the backyard again? Kind of thing. Yeah. So with miles, um, I mean, it was, I think like I feel like chemistry goes beyond just playing. Obviously, you know that's an easy part for when when you live with someone and you know someone your whole life. Um, now playing professionally, you know it takes something to build. But with Miles, I feel like we just know each other so well um, that it helped us so much on the field. And we just the biggest thing is like trust in a, in a teammate. You know, just throwing him a ball when a lot of times he was covered. Um, yeah. A lot of people throwing the passes that I'm throwing to Miles. And even even in the pros, it's, it still goes the same way sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was – it made things a lot easier. You know, I – obviously, I got a lot of points in college. Um, but a lot of times, I'd just run into trouble and just whip the ball at Miles or Ty. <laughs> just catch it. Like, if you look at, like, the year we beat Syracuse, there's, like, the highlights are on, on YouTube. Like, half of my assists were awful passes. <laughs> they were, like, one of them were, were to, like, Ty's shoes, Ty's cleats, and he just, like, picks makes an amazing catch and throws it in that. And same thing with Miles. Um, but that's just how, how it went. I just had so much trust in those two guys, and was able to just whip balls at them and trust that they're going to catch it. Yeah. It's funny because I played at when I played at Maryland, we played Notre Dame with the Kavanaugh brothers. And uh, I remember Jesse Bernhardt telling our D coach, like 
he'll throw passes to his brother that he's not going to throw to anybody else. Like if find if he's if fifty one's got the ball, like find fifty because he's he's just going to throw it to him. And yeah, it like freaks a defense out when you're unpredictable like that because especially you know some of the American D guys maybe who who are a little more uh, you know scouting report heavy and stuff like that when. When it, the ball starts coming at unpredictable times, it starts to kind of freak everybody yeah. out a little bit. The other thing about Miles is is he would he would flash his stick at his like feet or like <laughs> just wherever he wanted. Like if he was sitting with his stick over his shoulder, he'd throw his he'd flash his stick backside, and that would tell me like whip the ball to my backside, and I'm you know the defender's covering my front side, I'm gonna catch it in my backside. So That's... I think Miles is special in that way. Um, which helped a lot. Like, there's a couple of videos too on, on, on YouTube of him like flashing a stick by his feet and me whipping it by his feet. Um, but a lot of times it wasn't that wasn't the case. It was just chaos, <laughs> yeah. just whipping the ball at him. That's funny. So, I mean, then moving into kind of the time with uh, with Fieldsy, what was uh, what was that like? Fieldsy, that was my senior year. Um, yeah. You know, Miles being out of the picture. I feel like that's when like it was adjusting and building chemistry and, and I kind of took it upon myself to um, bring Fieldsy sort of under my wing and, and help, a, help him help us sort of thing. Um, you know, we didn't know what kind of player Fieldsy would be. You know, he didn't take many dodges when I was there yeah. and, and he was kind of played like a tie role where kind of an off ball guy, um, you know, looking back, I, I almost wish we, we split dodges and, and went 50, 50 in terms of that, that being like our ex Dodger, you know, come to find out how, how skilled and athletic he is with the ball, um, and how much he can create. So it was fun, sort of new for me, trying to build that chemistry, hanging out with Fieldsy a lot, building a, a strong bond and, in friendship off the field. Um, and the cool thing about Fieldsy is he, he's such a, he's such a student to it all. Um, you know, he was always asking me for pointers and in, in mid game after the game, um, he was definitely really driven and, and wanted to be successful at the D one level. Um, and I can see it, you know, he's not someone who comes to me, you know, for NLL stuff, but, for how much he's come along, um, you, can, you can obviously tell that the kid's a student to the game and, and wants to continue to grow his game and and be a better box player, even though it's not, you know, naturally what he grew up playing. Yeah. And then so, uh, just just yeah, kind of keeping it going, um, you know, just a lot of legends on in your years at at Albany. What was it like? Uh, you know, playing with Blaze. Uh, my brother um, was on Cornell when, when Blazer scored, so that's a really uh, – I skipped through that part of the YouTube video when it comes up, but uh, what were those years like playing with Blaze? Um, Blaze is a beauty. He's he's a character, good guy to be around. He's kind of like the – I feel like was the glue to it all. Um, you know, goalie's such a huge part of the game, and – Blaze was just such a, you know, good locker room guy. Um, brought everybody together in terms of, like, chemistry. He was one of the guys that we got along. Me and Miles, like, first kind of gravitated towards. 
his freshman year. We hung out in his freshman dorm a lot, just chilling. Um, but he's, you know, he would make practices. It was kind of based off of Blaze, how he was feeling. Um, <laughs> he, would, he would chirp and it would intensify the practice or he would chirp and be funny and like bring sort of a see he was kind of setting of a, the he was setting the agenda for the day like like how the team yeah. was feeling. that's yeah hilarious. exactly um but he would challenge us because he's so hard to score on like yeah yeah you know obviously you see it in plo but same thing in college like it was a complete game changer when blaze is in that when we're going you know six v sixes and we'd always do so, stuff for competition um and he was he was the biggest difference maker, you know, taking a shot on him from 11, 10 yards. Um, yeah, good luck. You know, isn't an automatic goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before so you uh, got to get caught. Before we move on to to NLL, I wanted to ask. I'm always curious about guys like you know signature moves. Like we had Dixon on, talked to him about the dive and. Um, and that kind of thing. Wondering, like, where that backhand coming up from X, like, was that an Albany thing? Was that kind of in the bag the whole time? Because, you know, it has become kind of a your signature move. And uh, just wondering, and it's cool actually seeing a lot of other guys using it now, uh, myself included. Uh, I'll tell a really funny story that makes me look like a big idiot after this. But um, where did that move kind of come up from? So it came from – I wasn't an attackman, right? So my freshman year – um, you know, my style of game, I, I don't really throw the ball and my stick in my left hand. So I would just take, you know, defenders would set me up, force me to my left side. And I just ran to that side, um, took a shot like that for the first time ever in my life. And blaze was like, you got to keep shooting that. Like it's, I can't, I have no idea where it's coming from. Um, it's tough to read as a goalie and you know, he kind of just encouraged me to keep doing it. It was uncomfortable at first, but um, Coach Mar let everything go sort of thing. And, yeah, it kind of came from um, me just testing it and Blaze giving me advice to continue to do it. Uh, the one thing I will say before we get off the Blaze thing, stick side high. It's <laughs> 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 two viral clips now. Yeah, that's so funny. Let him go. Uh, yeah, the the story I was it's not that funny, but uh, I was a rookie in the PLL with Lyle. You know, I'm barely in the league, have no right to run my mouth at all, and I score the backhand in practice. So I go up to Lyle and ask if he's ever tried it before. The, the backhand <laughs> coming up from X. I don't know what. I put this one in your game. This yeah. one goes. Yeah, yeah. It's like telling Steph Curry if he's ever thought about shooting threes. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I had to take note on that one. Yeah. yeah. So it was, either, it was either it was it was a combination of Albany, Blaze, and and Donnie. And Donnie. <laughs> got, yeah, I got it done. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I mean, moving into the uh, moving into the NLL stuff, and and you know we've had you for a bit here, but we want to make sure we get to uh, to the the summer as well. So, but um, with the NLL, like you, I mean, this draft class was silly coming in. Like that, all those picks, the, I mean, the guys that go after you, um, like Hossack, Jesse King, Berg, Chad Tutton, Randy, Riley O'Connor, Dan Littner, Brad Gillies. Like, I mean, that, that's a pretty, pretty solid first, uh, first three picks there. Like going into that, I mean, 
obviously I, I remember it because I was, you know, our draft was soon after yours. So we're all kind of watching it intently. Um, and there was obviously all this talk that you're going and you're going to Georgia and Georgia had all these picks. Like what was, what was this feeling like for you going into, uh, going into the draft? Um, I mean, you don't really know where you're going for sure. It's, it's always a question mark, you know, as much as the media, the articles, um, the rumors you hear, you know, everything I heard was, you know, obviously I'm going to Georgia. I think I was pretty optimistic about it, excited about it, but I didn't know when because Georgia had so many of those first round picks. Um, you know, I, I don't think I was like anticipating or like, you know, had my eyes set on going number one. I was kind of just, like I said before, like I didn't feel like I was as good of a of a player as the guys in my draft because I didn't grow up playing. You know, I played my first two years of junior A with the Aquasian Indians, and then they folded. So I just like I got picked up by St. Catharines in the dispersal draft, and I wasn't gonna go play there. I just played senior B. So the rest of my four years of junior, I just stayed in Akuzasta and played senior B. Um, and, you know, senior Bs in terms of like, like I said, that two-man game, understanding that aspect of the game is, it's, it's a lot different. So I felt like I was a little, and I was, I feel like I was a step behind everybody else, especially the offensive guys in that, in that draft. So I kind of didn't expect to go one, um, but I, I obviously I see, you know, I can see why it happens. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my where my head was at going into that draft. Um, at the end of the day, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to play with Miles again. Um, yeah, it would have sucked if I went anywhere else. Yeah, did were you actually there, Lyle? Did you go to the draft? Yeah. Yeah, me and in, Randy were sitting right there together. It was in Oakville, right, at the track? Yeah. I was actually, uh, you know, funny kind of like full circle. I was actually there. I was working out at the track in high school. I remember being there on the night of the draft, like in the gym. Um, you know, not, a, I know. not a big deal. Donnie's watching the draft just for a little bit of inspiration out the glass window. Well, little did I know it was like the best draft ever, too. It's like I, I should have taken a picture of or something. I should have got something from that day. I could have made some money off it. Just That's upstairs, funny. getting like pumping. Oh, he yeah, said, just one up- day it's me. One day it's me. Donnie's yeah. just grinding in there, practicing his backhands up in the gym. Yeah, I wonder if these GMs see me benching like ninety-five pounds if they're gonna if they're gonna think they're gonna take me later in my life. Yep. They witnessed it right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they knew what was in the making. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, I mean, once obviously, you, like you said, going kind of um, in advance of the draft, it was known that Georgia had all these picks, and um, you guys were going to be a pretty talented group. Um, which, I mean, the Georgia team was, you know, not a bad team before that too, right? But you, you, there's some good players there, and then you pull in um, yourself, Randy, um, Tuts as well. I think were the were the picks they used there. And what was it like going into that camp and 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 getting ready for your first NLL season? Um, I mean, again, like, I don't think I was the most confident player. I knew my skill. 
I knew that my strength was my athleticism and I had to, you know, as much as I could put myself in that position to be a ball carrier and to create with the ball, I tried to. But at the same time, like, you can only get away with that for so long. You have to start develop, to develop your off-ball game, your picking game, um, you know, all of those things. So going into that draft, um, you know, I definitely didn't feel, I mean, that, that training camp, I didn't feel confident. So I just tried to be, you know, a student to it. And, and my first year, like, honestly, like Randall to me is the most underrated player in the league. Um, I think his ability to get guys open, his ability to carry the ball and his shooting ability isn't recognized enough. In my first year, we're both rookies. He ends up getting rookie of the year. But I, le- I would like watch him and just try to, like he was the person I was watching to learn learn from. You know, that right side was me, Kyle Matisse, and Miles. And then the left side was um, Jackal, Kinger, and... Halsey, maybe? No, Halsey came the next year when we won. Forget who that last lefty was. My bad. No. <laughs> but, but going back <laughs> to my point, going back to my point, um, you know, just kind of learning learning from, from Randall. I think, you know, trying to pick up, you know, you look at box lacrosse and you look at the players around the league, um, you have three types of players. You've got... You have off-ball players who are great inside or backside, you know, quick sticks, balls sort of in and out of their stick, kind of like Miles. Um, you got the ball carriers who kind of create um, and are kind of better, you know, shooting off of picks and stuff like that. But then you got sort of both, the combination of both. And, you know, I see, like, Randall as that type of player. Um Ben McIntosh would be another guy who you played with this summer who's kind of like that too. Um, really good at yeah. everything. Yeah, just capable of everything. And that's that's the kind of player I still want to be. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I'm slowly getting better and better, but I still want to be better at my weakness, which is like that off-ball roll, catching the ball in the middle. Um, yeah. I I'm 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 kind of laughing here. Look, because I looked it up to find it. Look at the other, the last lefty. Who is it? Johnny Palace. <laughs> oh, oh, that is that is gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt. I wanted to say Johnny, but I didn't. I thought I thought like everybody came in the year we won, but it must have just been Halsey. Yeah, <laughs> Halsey and Foley. That's what it was. That's wow. Amazing. Oh, that's good. So let's get into that, uh, you know, that, that uh, you know, championship season. I believe it is the 2017 season. Um, you know, you, you, I think you ended up winning MVP that year. So obviously, you know, you kind of picked it up quickly. But maybe on a team level, like, what was that kind of group like? And maybe when did you, uh, when did you guys know that, hey, we got a chance to, to really do, like, to really do this thing? Um. I think it looks different for for who you who you're asking. I mean, I was a you know second year in NLL, um, still someone like I said who was who was still learning the game. But we also had older veterans on the team: Halsey, Mac, um, the older guys, 
JP, Johnny, who I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those guys had the experience and, and understood what it took to win and understood that feeling. You know what I mean? That feeling when you have a good team and you're like, this team can do it. Um, and then it just puts faith in the whole squad. You play with a lot of confidence. Um, I felt like that whole year, um, we had to keep like earning our wins. And towards like midseason, I would say is when, when I felt like even if we were down five goals at halftime, it was like, we're still winning this game because we did it so many times before. Um, so it, it got to that point, And I feel like you look at any of the past championship teams, that's the case. You know, when Sask went on their runs, Buffalo this year, this past year, it's like those teams were, they would be down at halftime and they just play with so much confidence. And that's how we were. Um, you know, right into the la last, last game, you know, the final series, I felt like, you know, we went into the whole series like we're going to win this whole thing. Um, so it was just a lot of confidence. Um, and we were putting up crazy numbers on offense. So yeah, that helps, that helps us as an offense feel really good. That's Well, that's one of the things I was going to say. Like, it's so funny, you know, sports, and especially once you get to kind of that level, and teams are all really good, but it's like, this the blind confidence it almost becomes like the biggest PED a team can have like when it's like you know that you can come back at any time like you're down like three or four everyone looks around it's like well we've been here like we know what this is like and we're gonna we're gonna do it again was there and and, and I find at least sometimes it's with those teams it's almost a balance of intensity swagger but then some lightness too of like, you know, kind of just, you know, keeping each other going, keeping everything kind of light and not, and not getting down. Was there guys in that room um, that kind of kept things feeling like that for you throughout that year? Um, I think that, that, that was more like on the D end. Yeah. Uh, the guys on the D end, the, the offense, I think we just all had so much confidence in, in one another. We're all pretty serious. Um, and like ready to go to go to work but that year's offense was like anybody could go off any given night um and, and kind of going back to you know you look at the recipe you look at the other teams that have have won championships that's what you see it's never really yeah. one guy and i feel like that year um you know me randall halsey jacko um jp Miles, Moose, like any one of us could have a big game and could score that big goal. And there was nobody that was like, put the put the ball on this guy's stick. If we need a goal at the end of the game, it was just like, yeah, play offense and somebody yeah, shoot the see ball. See what happens. Yeah, go have some fun yeah. and then see, find out who's open. And that's uh, the biggest thing that was like, yeah, we, we just had so much fun. Like we celebrated everything. We. You know, if that was a goal, whether it was a big or a little goal, like everybody was jumping in the air and, and you know, coming into the huddles really excited. We celebrated one another. So I feel like that was that was my biggest memory about that team was just that, like, the amount of fun we had and the amount of, like, non-strategic celebrations we we would have after goals in, in place, little place. 
Was this so, was that the year when you guys start when you guys are doing the handshake too with each other, or is that before? Wait, like, what? When when you would just do like the normal normal handshake after oh, goal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, that would make me laugh every time, man. Because you're all, like the guys are pumped. You're walking up to each other, and then it's just a quick shake. Like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we'd play Fast Car by Tracy Chapman after every that was our 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 win song. I love that. Every so time that song comes on, it brings back, gives me nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a good segue with talking about the belief you guys had um, and how you always knew you could come back. Because, you know, I, I want to get to the to the Man Cup stuff soon, but um, you're uh, you're down by a goal to Sask, you know, late in the, in the finals game. They pull their goalie. You're on the floor. Um, you know, pretty infamous play in NLL history that you were in the middle of what, what was, uh, you know, kind of walk us through what you were thinking as that was kind of unfolding. Yeah. So first the shoot around before that game, we went over this exact scenario. Um, and Eddie like called it out. It felt like to a T like from my memory, it was like to a T he was like, they're going to pull their goalie in this situation. We're going to need a goal. This is where they're going to set up. Um, we're going to put a guy here, here, and here. And Eddie, it felt like Eddie just, like, knew what Keenan was had planned. Um, and then, you know. That's crazy. It <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. It, it happened, and I remember looking at Whitey, Joe White, and being like, like, this is crazy. Like, Eddie already called this. We know what we got to do. And me and Joe have had our setup on how we want to run Jeremy up the boards and where we want to cut him off. And... You know, Jeremy got rid of the ball right away, obviously. Gets tipped. Corbiel misses it. Joel picks it up, passes to me. Jeremy runs into the goal. Um, so and I'm at that point, you're, right, you're, back, you're right back to childhood, like backyard. He's yeah. playing that. <laughs> I'm going to stuff it on this guy. Exactly. You couldn't have written a crazier ending, a better ending for us. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting on my brother one-on-one to put it into <laughs> overtime. Shoot it. He saves it. Shoulder safe with his elbow. It was and, an unbelievable uh, save in itself, too. Like, it he's just like. <laughs> it, Joel, it deflects right to Joel White. Joel White puts it in, takes us into overtime. And um, and then the overtime was, obviously, I see the video, but it was like an all a blur. I don't even remember. It wasn't planned, for sure. Um, yeah. I just drove hard to the net and tried to draw Miles' guy and, you know, Toss it one-handed to Miles. Miles puts it short, short side. <laughs> and that was and it, I right? Was, was there was there another game after that, or that was like that you guys wanted that, that was, night? That was game two, best of three series. And okay, wait. So there was like best yeah. of three, or you guys won game one? Like that was it? We was it? we pumped in game one. Okay, so yeah, you guys just walked it off. Yeah, it's crazy. I you know it's funny when I asked that question, um, I didn't even put two and two together. Like you, you and Jeremy. Um, you know, I didn't even kind of connect those dots that, you know, that was against your brother. It's just a crazy yeah. play. Really cool. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of coaches that, that, you know, listen to this podcast, like really cool tidbit from Eddie too. Like you never know which scenario is going to be the one that wins you the NLL title. You know, they're all just, yeah. everyone's just as important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got, I got spoiled my second year. Thought it was going to be easy from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't believe I can't believe Eddie looked into his crystal ball and was like, "This is happening. Strap in. Get used to this point. Yeah. You're doing it." Yeah, I just remember walking on the floor looking at Whitey like, "We've already practiced this one." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's we're good, sick, man. We got him where we want him. Uh, yeah. Real quick, we've been asking this to uh, um, a lot of our guests, but just you know, maybe we've been asking about before the game, but maybe after the game, was there a conversation or a moment, um, you know, shared with with your teammates? Uh, or just maybe one thing that kind of sticks out from after you guys won that game. Um, I mean, we were in SAS, so we didn't really do anything, anything crazy. We had a little party in in the hotel. Um, but no, I mean, I think it was just a really cool ending. Like, like pass from me to Miles for the game winner. I remember being super excited and just all pumped. Like, I felt like. Um, a huge part of, I mean, it was a huge part, but just like Pooley being on the team and how happy he was. That's one of like my core memories is that like him, um, kind of feeling like we were doing it for part of it was for, for Pooley. And, um, I just remember how happy he was after in the press box or in the press conference and stuff like that. So, um, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, maybe we'll, Donnie, maybe you want to just jump into this summer real quick. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is probably where we should tell the listeners. We're not going to talk about, uh, the PLL a whole lot, uh, maybe disappointment. Uh, you know, I think Lyle said his, uh, you know, you, you said what you had to say about going to play summer, but you know, what, uh, what was, what was the summer like, you know, playing, I know for you playing, um, you know, close to home, and close to you know your kids playing, getting to play with them a lot, or getting to to coach them and and have them see you play a lot. Uh, what was kind of that experience like? You know, back playing at home. It was it was fun. Um, you know, I don't I don't think a lot of people understand, um, especially if you're not from Canada, you don't know much about you know junior A, senior A, even even just like box lacrosse in general in in Ontario or in Canada um the, the dynamic of it how close everything is how competitive it is um it's it's unlike anything um so it was nice to be a part of that a lot of times like growing up I always played for my community played for Onondaga um won a president's cup with Onondaga lived in Akuzasne played for that community so there's a lot of pride you know which I don't not to bash on like the American, you, you have it in, you used to have it in high school, but with the club scene now emerging, you don't really have that pride. It's very, it's very, um, for yourself, for your own yeah. recruiting, your own, you know, your exactly, own journey. Right? Yeah. But you know, if you grow up in Whitby, you care a lot about the Whitby program, the whole minor system. You grow up yeah. in Brampton, you grow up in Six Nations, St. Catharines, like there's a lot of pride is where you come from. Um, so I think that's an important dynamic that people have to understand about what summer ball is, right from minors to senior A. Um, so that made it, you know, it made it special to be able to play in front of my community. You know, I live here in Six Nations now, um, but also to have my kids go to pretty much all my games. Like um, they would come with me to, to Whitby to play Brooklyn, Brampton, Peterborough, like I just had them in the car and I would show up to games 
um, and let them watch let them watch warm ups and then all my games at the ILA here in Six Nations. It's easy. Um, so it was that that whole part made it fun, made it special. Um, but then there's the lacrosse part where, you know, for how stacked we were. Oh man. Team, team still competed with us. You know, team yeah. still found a way, which is which is crazy. Um, you know, those that Coburg series, like everyone assumed. Obviously, the, the game's a little bit harder to wake up to, but yeah. they still gave us games. They still ran us. Um, you know, three of those five games were one goal games. They beat us one game, so it's like, um, for for a team that. We're obviously the team that every team gets up for and is ready to play. So um, it was just it was a, it was my first experience at really playing senior A, you know, full. In the yeah. past, it's been like playoffs. They bring me in for playoffs to play Peterborough or whatever the case may be. So I've never really got to experience, um, you know, senior A for the full season. Um, but it was nice being able to stay home. Um, and just spend a lot of family time and, and kind of like what I said in my Instagram video, like at the end of the day, my main focus was um, my family and my community. And, you know, lacrosse is my passion. Lacrosse makes me happy. If I can do that right at home, it, it made it, it was something I needed to experience. So um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. Uh, before we get to the actual man cup tournament, uh, you know, just something you kind of just made me think of. So you, you talked mostly about when you were a kid, you know, growing up uh, mostly in kind of unstructured lacrosse formats in the backyard and stuff like that. But then obviously you've gone on to play at all these higher levels. How do you approach it with your kids now about balancing like, you know, I want you to learn those those skills that are hard to teach in the backyard where, you know, you get that kind of uh, creativity versus, you know, maybe – giving them some structured stuff a little bit earlier than maybe you had it. You, like, how do you kind of think through though, that kind of, uh, you know, balance? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's a good question. Cause like, obviously I grew up, it's all res ball. It's all your skill, you know, use your stick, use your creativity, very little structure, very little like, Hey, make sure you're cycling through, make sure you're going to set a pick. This is how you roll. Like very little amount of that um and now with my kids i don't want them to be overly structured i want them to have that free mind and creativity to do their own thing and i want to help them um build their athleticism and i think like when you look at box and field they're two completely different sports in my eyes like one it takes a lot of like athleticism speed power shoot the ball hard run fast dodge use your feet Whereas in box, um, you don't you don't need that. You don't got to shoot hard. You're shooting from your shoulder with everything. You shoot, you're using your wrist. You don't have to move fast to, you know, get past the guy. Maneuver. You look at like Audi, um, Dane Doby, like guys who aren't extremely fast but know how to like balance their weight to their own advantage, um, but also know the IQ of box lacrosse. So that's what I'm trying to like instill in my kids is that balance and understand that like these two games, they're two different sports, box yeah. and field. Um, and you can learn a lot from both of them and it'll make you a more complete player 
which is why I think it's being like, you know, it's it's evolving so much in the states is because obviously the college college coaches, um, even the most elite programs, they understand what brought what box brings to the table, and I think Canadians on the same side have to understand what field brings to the table. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. All right, Danny, uh, maybe move on to the actual uh, manner here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, what was it like kind of going out there? Um, and I thought one of the coolest things, you know, and I think again, social media plays into this because you actually get to see what, what goes on when you're not there, but like, how cool is it to have kind of like the local reservation support and, like you've got, you know, all the drums going, everyone trying to, also, I'm sure traveling out from, from here as well. But like, what was that like almost, it's, it looked like it was a home series for you guys. It was just the whole thing in general was like, it was unreal. Um, obviously, like I said, my first go at it, I don't think there's a better atmosphere than, than where we played in, in New West. Um, from the start of the game, like not even the start of the game, when we show up for the, the arena, there's a lineup outside the arena. This is two and a half hours before the game, which is like crazy. Like you don't see that in, in any professional so cool. league in lacrosse yeah. um, because it's such a smaller venue and harder to get into the game. Um, you had to, you had to go stand in line to make sure you, you were able to get into the game. So by the time we go out for pre warmups, you know, just to a lot of guys go out bare feet, sandals, touch the floor, get a feel for the floor. Take some shots. No helmet. No gloves. Nothing. There's full crowd in 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 the arena, um, which was cool. To it, it gave it a really like professional, high intensity feel um, to the whole series, and every game was like that. Um, so it was cool. And then when you come out, um, obviously we're announced first. You got all the native, you know, the native people from that region cheering us on got the drums, noisemakers. So our small corner of the crowd was equally as loud as, as the home squad. So uh, it was cool. It gave me chills every time every time we went out for for the game. I mean, That's speaking awesome, of man. chills, speaking of chills, you, I mean, I, I, can, I watched this goal on replay. Well, tell me the feeling of hitting that, that bouncer when you like bounced it at the dotted line <laughs> and stuck the corner. I was pumped. Yeah. <laughs> again, like I feel like I feel like when you score goals, like again, you're like an excited, you know, one of those guys that you just you can see you have the passion for lacrosse. But when you score one that like you have been practicing that shot there, or like one that you really stick, you're you, like when you get yeah. juiced, you can really was, tell. I need I need exactly. to know how many how many times did you practice that one once once you got to Queens Park bouncing it at the right spot? Yo, you you ask any of the guys. Um, that was all I would shoot and, and shoot around. Um, was just like, I just tell like Bomber and Randy, sort of Mac, our, our line mates. I was like, I'm shooting a bounce. Everything's going bouncer today. Because game one, he had me up high. He had yeah. me the whole, I think he had me the whole series, to be honest. <laughs> I shot awful. But um, he dropped, right? So I was, the whole shoot around, the first two shoot arounds, I was just throwing bouncers. Everything was a bouncer. Um, so I was pumped to get that one. Exactly like you said, like you practice it, you kind of yeah. don't expect it, but you hit it. 
Oh, and it, that thing that thing came out just as fast as it went in too. Like that one's it's she stuck. That was beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe talk a little bit about the series and and I think you know something that we try to talk about too is just like how big of a war it is for for that entire summer. Your body's just getting hurt, abused, and then playoffs are another level, and then you got to do it in the man cup. Like, what, what what's it like going through one of those and playing in it? Um, it's just, it's a lot of lacrosse and I feel like in the moment you're pretty sore, but like reflecting back, you miss it so much. The best way to describe it is like those minor tournaments you play when you're a kid. It's like, you always look forward to those. Yeah. Like you miss when you go junior and you're playing once a week or twice a week. You don't have to play five games in a day. Um, but that's what it felt like. It was just like. You know, our bodies were sore just from the season. We were lucky. We finished Peterborough in four. So we we got like a solid two weeks before we had to hit out hit out west. Um, so hitting into Man Cup, I feel like we were pretty recovered, the whole squad. Didn't really know what to expect out of New West. And again, like we were confident. We had a, a deep bench. Um, and then they came out and just ran us. They were so, ex the games were so exhausting. Like you're so <laughs> tired after you just want to, you know, grab a quick meal and pass out on the bed. Um, but yeah, it was, it was honestly a shocker to me. Just like how we couldn't figure out their transition. And that's all they would score on us was pushing us in, tra in transition with four guys and we would, you know, JT was coaching against it. Like, we were getting off early. We were doing what we could. And they were still creating that transition game. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think uh, that made it that made it all the more special, the fact that, like, you know, they came ready to play too. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, yeah, we've, we've had you. We've had you for an hour here, and we appreciate the time. I think uh, – we like to ask everybody this, but what's uh, what went into you picking the number four? Um, my father wore number two and number four. He played up in Akuzasne. He won a couple President's Cups. And um, Miles, actually, we all took two except for Jeremy. And then eventually me and Miles played on the same team. So one of us had to sacrifice the two. And I went with four because I always looked up to Jeremy. Um so I was kind of stuck with it since I was probably seventh grade. Used wow. to be two before then. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Freshman Anything? year, though. Right. Yeah, freshman what? year, though, I I wore zero. I was gonna say that. Somebody... I thought I I have a, I have the memory of you wearing zero with like the the double Nike sweatbands on the on the calf. <laughs> <laughs> Swag radio. Jack always gives me a hard time about the double swag bands. <laughs> that sounds like Jack. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if uh, you know whoever wore had number four was a you know a great player or not, but it, it it would be funny looking back to be the guy who's like, yeah, I didn't give four to Lyle. Like I held out, <laughs> so Lyle couldn't wear four. You know, yeah, probably should have no, probably should have given I, it up in hindsight, but I, I tried my best to get it. <laughs> That's <laughs> and he wouldn't give it up. That's so funny. Awesome, man.
Good stuff. Well, Donnie, you got anything else before we let him go? No. Uh, you know, thanks for coming on, Loud. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, congrats on, a, on an awesome summer and, and another ring. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. You, what you guys are doing is uh, it's cool. I haven't I've been off the podcast train for a little bit, but I'm gonna hop back on it, catch up to to our back of the bird. Perfect. Let's awesome, go, awesome man. Appreciate it. We'll yeah. we'll chat with you soon. Yeah. Peace out, guys. All right. Thanks. See you, buddy. All right. What a chat. I mean, such a beauty. Unbelievable player. Great guy. Uh, um, really cool to kind of pick into the brain of a man. Didn't think he was skilled enough for box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, some of this stuff made me laugh. The Syracuse thing made me laugh. The someone at Albany not giving Lyle Thompson number four uh, made me laugh. Um, I, gonna, I all, all of I like the self-deprecating points. Look it up. Like, like you know, Lyle, and I, I don't think it was like falsely self-deprecating. I think it was a really interesting look at the way he looks at uh, box skills versus field skills. But he won MVP in his second year in the league, so you know he picked it up pretty quick, and uh, yeah. So really thankful for him, uh, you know, coming on. Uh, obviously, we didn't grill him about the decision between PLL and Senior A. Uh, we're a players podcast, and he said his piece. And I think there's a lot of bad takes online this summer about uh, his decision. And he explained what he had to say. And I don't think there's anything else to say. So um, I, I think Dan, we both feel pretty pretty solid in in uh, you know not not grilling him about that one. Yep. Um, so Daly Baker okay. from, from Cleveland Heights, Ohio was war number four for Lyle's freshman year. Oh, uh, shout out you Daly. You're a man of, uh, of principle. <laughs> Senior year, he played in 11 games or played in 14 games as a reserve. Um, <laughs> but unbelievable, um, good stories there from Lyle, some hilarious stuff. And, uh, and I mean, Eddie Como. That's one of my yeah, favorite stories cool. to come out of this podcast is him knowing really cool. exactly the scenario. And we'll put that clip out there. Maybe we'll try to like put Lyle telling the story over the clip. Um, if we're we really want to get technical. But yeah, uh, we can do that. it's so it was a crazy, crazy, crazy ending to a finals game and to be shooting on your brother in net both as players and he makes us say like and then you pass to your other brother to score the game winning yeah. goal. Like it's just serendipitous yeah, stuff. So, um Really cool, really cool across the board. But Donnie, you got some? Uh, you have some more trivia for us? Um, let's save that for for when we have all three of us. I think I think it'll be okay. better with all three. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Awesome. Well, my uh, my fantasy team's getting waxed right now because my quarterback Russell Wilson has negative point three two points. Why you, um, how many people are in your league that you're starting Russell Wilson? It's a twelve team league. Guys are fucking hoarding quarterbacks. Oh damn. Yeah. But um, and and things are not looking good for me right now. Like not good. I got all these guys injured. Things aren't. It's not fun. I won the league last year. Should we do um, a, a really long segment and we'll just guess what Paul how Paulie's men's league is going? <laughs> his yes. men's go, his men's golf league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we're, we're missing with him on the without. Well, we're missing lots of things, including his yeah. an update on his men's league. So maybe we'll try to tweet. We'll try to tweet it out or something. Just yeah. so the. The listeners don't have to wait in uh yeah yeah we need to get that out there. people are yeah they're 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 anxious they, the people need to know we have an audience but they need to know yeah they rely on these certain things so um i think that does it um for episode 94 man we're we're inching on 100 of these damn things it's so so crazy, crazy. um it's been such a fun such a fun ride but 
Um, again, we're strapped in for lacrosse season coming up here. Um, everybody do your best to get out there. Um, you know, watch these games, support people. Um, and, and, and a little beauties. If you, if you haven't started, it might be too late, but you might want to <laughs> yeah. go for a couple jogs here, boys, get those legs under you. Cause camp is coming and you are going to be sore. Get the Epsom salts in the bath, start the warm water running and, and get a couple weekends in with your old lady. Cause things are about to get crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. That does it for episode 94. Thanks for joining. Peace.